Welcome to episode 2 of season 8 of Delving Into Dance. Most choreographers, when they talk about their career looking back, will talk about the importance of early opportunities to experiment, play and develop. The next two episodes focus on the Next Move program at Chunky Move. This program has been instrumental to a number of choreographers' careers. Instigated by Gideon Obazanik when he started Chunky Move and maintained by current artistic director Anouk Van Dyke, the Next Move season has maintained its place in Melbourne's dance ecology. But before I introduce this episode's interview, a quick update on the campaign to raise funds for all the episodes to be transcribed. With audience contributions, 10 episodes have now been transcribed to help make this rich archive available and accessible to deaf audiences. But we need more contributions to continue this work. If you can help in any way, big or small contributions make a real difference. You can contribute on the website delvingintodance.com. This episode is with Lauren Longdois. Lauren has had an extensive dance career, dancing with Sydney Dance Company, Australian Dance Theatre, Chunky Move and many others. Working primarily as a dancer, Lauren's work has crossed over into acting and more recently has expanded into choreography. I started by asking, where did dance start? I just sort of remember always being in dance. I started when I was five. My mum put my sister and I into dance. We did... We joined some school called Shirley Halliday Dance Academy in Perth and then after that moved on to a school called Dance Arts. Um, so I was a bit of a comp kid. I did um, everything, ballet, tap. We had a theatrical course back then, <laughs> jazz. Contemporary sort of came later. We were like, what is this weird style that's coming up? Um, but, yeah, I just kind of did everything and I did a lot of exams and, um, yeah, performed a lot in groups and solos, duets, that sort of thing. I didn't really like it. What didn't you like about it? <laughs> I didn't. I, I used to get really nervous going to rehearsal, um, putting myself out there and having to dance in front of people in a rehearsal setting I found really nerve-wracking because I was quite a shy kid, like a bit of an introvert, so that was always, um, yeah, my stomach was always in knots going to dance class. But whenever I was on stage and in performance, I really loved it. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a strange thing. Yeah. So it was a perform- you kind of lived for that performance moment? Yeah. But I didn't know it back then, but I used to be scared about performing too. Like I would just be in knots and I wouldn't want to eat and I'd be like, Mum, I don't want to go. And she'd be like, you're going. <laughs> was your mum a dance mum? I think she was a bit of a closet dance mum. She, she didn't behave like the other dance mums. She wasn't bitchy. She wasn't. Um, she didn't say anything bad about any of the other students. She was really fair. But I think, I don't know. To be fair to her, I think she saw something and wanted, knew that, you know, maybe I didn't want to go because I was nervous and scared, but wanted to push me. Do you still get nervous and scared? Um, I've learned to deal with it in a different way. I get excited now. Yeah. How do you shift that? Or how, when did that shift? When did that shift? Um, just over the years, I think, with experience and with, um, yeah, like I've built, built a bit more confidence in myself and my abilities. Um, but, yeah, I still get nervous and scared before every job. Can I do this? 
I don't know, like, it, yeah, I just sort of, um, yeah, all of these conversations with myself, that sounds really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think it's bad. uncommon, actually. I don't think it's uncommon, yeah. It's just performance anxiety, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, like, tricks or any particular... No, I think it's all sort of, like, embodied now. But when I was at dance school in New Zealand, I would, you know, make posters and put them up on my wall, <laughs> like posters of, um, you know, sports people, um, you know, doing amazing feats and, you know, quotes and things like that and just sort of read them out and kind of just mind exercises, strengthening things for the mind. Yeah, and I, this is kind of weird, but I, I had a fascination with Rocky Balboa the boxer, huh? so I I watched all of those movies in my training years, just again and again, and I don't know, I just really connected with him. It's so weird. But well, that's an art form that's so yeah. exposing in yeah. many respects. Yeah. You are on stage and people are watching you. Mm-hmm. So to have some nerves around that is yeah. probably not unsurprising. No, not at all. Um, yeah. Most people in there work lives will have nervous moments before a meeting or something, but their whole job's not, I guess, performed Mm -hmm. in front of other people in the same way. Yeah. Not many jobs anyway. (laughs) Um, You've worked a lot as a dancer, but you've also kind of crossed into acting. Mm. Do you kind of recognise any distinctions between the dancing body and the acting body? Like, are there differences for you? Uh, I, I guess I approach what I do, especially with performance, from the perspective of an actor. Yeah, so I I work a lot um, with, yeah, I work a lot with narrative or figuring out perhaps maybe a story for myself or a reason for being on stage from the beginning to the end. And it's it's mostly just an internal sort of dialogue or world that I um, create for myself. And I think I've always done that, always. Just, yeah, I, I need that reason. I'm a bit of a, I think I'm also a bit of a closet actor. <laughs> Want to be actor. I studied, um, I studied acting when, like throughout school, throughout high school. Um, and then after high school, I um, went to Curtin University and did a communication and cultural studies course. And yeah, I only did it for a year and a half and I just took up all of the acting and performance studies um, courses. And, yeah, soaked in as much information as possible and had a sort of secret dream to um, audition for NIDA and WAPA and really wanted to, you know, go down that path. But then I kind of had this instinctual feeling, you know, a year and a half into the course that, you know, I was only 18 and I didn't feel like I had enough life experience. I didn't feel like I was very sheltered growing up. So I kind of thought, you know, I'll go back into dance and I'll kind of create my own path through dance and kind of end up on the other side, you know, as a as an actor in some way, shape or form, because I love physical theatre and I always wanted to do that. But I think I, in some ways I've found that yeah. through this journey in my own way. So, yeah. That's sort of... Does the dancing and stuff facilitate the voice and, you know, those other aspects of acting, like interpretation of text or...? Oh, some do. Yeah, like when I worked with Anthony Hamilton on Keep Everything, he had a lot of tasks and exercises that used the voice and certain practices and that, you know, I learnt a lot from that. Um, you know, working with Anouk, um, I've been able to sort of practice and exercise my acting muscles, definitely. Um, 
especially in complexity belonging with Rick Richter came along. Um, yeah, he really, and Anouk as well, they really helped push that side of me. They could see that and they wanted to bring that out. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, you know, practising voice and stuff, it's instinctual mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, I have certain exercises and things I like to do within a process if I do need to use my voice, but they're just things I've kind of learnt along the way or I've picked up from other actors. Yeah. Because you definitely have that skill set. I mean, watching you yeah. use your voice is a powerful voice quite often when dancers are asked to speak. They go, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they don't have the skills or the technique or they haven't been fostered to actually bring that out. Bring that out and feel confident in that space. Yeah. Um, whereas every time I've seen you use voice, it's been confident and it's been um, embodied and grounded. Mm. It's not like, ah, oh, I don't know how to use my voice. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's quite interesting. Yeah. Moving from, like, acting, dancing and more those performance spaces into choreography, mm. what's that like as a process and an approach? Oh, there's a lot of reflection going on. If only the recorder could cut to your face <laughs> right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I'm in, I'm in kind of the middle of, like, you know, one of those hurricanes or those storms and it's all kind of circling around me and I'm just trying to sort of come to terms with it all. It's, yeah... It's been quite an organic process in some ways, I think, because since joining Chunky Move in particular, I've been um, been asked to sort of give my creative input a lot during a lot of the work. So, yeah, all of the research. Um, sorry, I've, got, I've lost my train of thought. No, that's fine. I mean, it, obviously that transition from dancing to choreography mm happens for some people yeah. quite naturally or it's a drive and for other people mm. there's no interest. Mm. So I guess moving into that space yeah. and you're saying that you're reflecting upon or, you yeah. know, it's that act of reflection. What are the things you're reflecting upon? What are the... Uh, I have all this information in my body um, through working with many different choreographers and having some incredible experiences on stage as a performer and it's almost like this moment of like a blank canvas I don't really know where to start there's part of me that's like what are you gonna start with or what are you interested in and that's sort of since last year this is when my interest in choreography started to come to the surface yeah I had my first you know development over in Berlin when I received the Tanya Lebke fellowship and it was kind of like where do I where do I begin and I found that I, I'm quite interested in starting from a theatrical perspective. So I, I, I really am inspired by a lot of theatre-based methodologies, um, kind of like Stanislavski, Peter Brook, Mike Lee, um, even clowning exercises. I kind of like to take some of those exercises and um, work with them in a way where I can find eventually find movement or physicalities from them. So... Yeah, I guess that's a start. But also, yeah, I, I was thinking about this next move piece, like do I want to use text or how do I use my voice or how do I sort of bring everything I know <laughs> into this one work? But then I I kind of also feel like I need to take the pressure off and just go let's just start at the beginning. What kind of movement am I interested in? And let's go from there and craft a movement and see what comes out. So it's it's a bit of a process. I'm I feel really inarticulate because I'm 
I feel quite it's exciting it's exciting but I'm I'm overwhelmed by the experience. Yeah. Yeah, in a good way. Does it change the way kind of I guess in the last year or so the way you watch dance as well? Yeah. Yeah, especially to do with time. Um, so not all pieces are full length, you know, one hour pieces, but kind of I, I like to sort of watch dance and think about the journey of time and what happens at particular moments in time. I think about the pace and um, when I'm most interested or when I lose interest. I think a lot about performance, you know, something that I would love to give to other dancers is, you know, my experience as a performer, um, especially to do with creating you know, um, characters or, you know, internal dialogues or monologues. I, I really am interested in that and bringing out internal states. So I would love to impart that knowledge. So I'm just trying to figure out maybe how <laughs> in that process. But, yeah, I watch dance really differently. Before, I think when you're a dancer and you're a bit young, you're kind of like, oh, look at that cool move. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you're that all the time because yeah. you're watching for technique or yeah. you're watching for... And you're thinking how... about yourself in relation to... Sorry. Just... Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It's exactly that. Whereas a choreographer's maybe thinking big, bigger picture yeah, exactly. and how the bodies are working together as opposed to like honing yes. in on technique or individuals. Yeah. Like personalities. Absolutely. Yeah. Having worked with so many different choreographers, mm-hmm. um, and you don't have to rank them in order of ah. <laughs> um, yeah. but are there like things that you've borrowed or learnt or things in that reflection that you think, oh, yeah, probably. Mm. Yeah. I've worked with Anouk for a long time, the past seven years, and her fascination was always to do with bringing out the individual or what's going on with the individual, revealing that person's identity or who they are. And I've been a big part of her process in that and revealing myself. And... I think we connect in that way creatively or we have connected in that way creatively because um, for me it's really important to be in a vulnerable space as a performer and as a choreographer and as a dancer so that my instincts can kind of come out because without my instincts I'm not, I I don't really know what I'm doing. (laughs) So I connect with Anouk in that way. I really like the way Stephanie Lake works with energy in the space. I think it's fascinating the way, you know, you'll be watching this beautiful sort of craftsmanship or something that's going on and then suddenly you're somewhere else and it's a different physicality, different moment in time. You're like, how did I get there? You know, she really tricks the eye and I I think that's remarkable. I, I really am inspired by Prue Lang and the way that she works. The process is amazing. Um, just her meticulous nature and the way that she dives into movement and works out the complexity of movement. I've never worked with anyone who does that before. And so I feel like I've learned a lot from her in that sense. Um, I admire Anthony Hamilton for his sense of play and how that is worked into his development and I've learnt a lot from him in that way. He's someone that uses his instincts really well. So when we um, were in the creative process of Keep Everything, um, it was wild. Like we'd come into the studio and I'd just come from Sydney Dance Company so it was like, okay, boom, 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 we do this, we do this, then we do this. And so it was very structured and a very ordered environment which I hated. (laughs) I really, I struggled with that but it was, it had a lot of good 
you know, don't get me wrong, it was it was great for me to be in that. I've learnt a lot. I mean, it's a particular, on, it's a particular, particular way. ensemble way of working yeah. in time. People are... Yeah. And I learnt a lot from that process of working with Sydney Dance about, yeah, you can't just go into the space and be like, this is how I am today and I'm going to be, you know, in this mood. You have to really gauge the energy and work with everyone as a team and... That's something I learned um, from that. But with Anthony, yeah, I've gone from Sydney Dance to working with Anthony on Keep Everything and we'd come into the studio and he would just start playing games and he'd be like, let's do this now and let's do this now. And I'm like, what's going on? But it was just his way of allowing the creative juice to flow, um, letting things to come out, let, letting things come out and, yeah, I lost my train of thought with that one too. He's great. Yeah. Sense of play. I think that's really important in process. Yeah. So in regards to this work you're creating now, and I know mm. that it's, you know, you, you are literally creating it right yeah. now. What's it about? What's the, you know, what are you exploring? Um, we've been exploring a lot, of, a lot of embodiment, embodiment of internal states and how those states can translate or transform into a choreographic corporeal language. So, yeah, looking at what's sort of underneath the surface, what rests inside the body and how that can sort of come out of the body and into the into the outside world. Um, we started, this started back in Berlin with the Tanya Ledke Fellowship. I um, commissioned a friend of mine to write a story about dystopian world so it's a future world where very specific scenarios and circumstances happen um, and I use that story as kind of like a, a seed or a platform to jump off of and create a world of my own um, so yeah we kind of picked out we I got the dancers to um, create characters within the story through a lot of these theatre-based methodologies that I've been researching. And so they based, character, uh, they based their characters off people that they know and then created their own ma mannerisms and idiosyncrasies and traits and ways of walking in the space, way of moving, their own kind of movement language. And then I took one of Stanislavski's sense memory animal <laughs> exercises and got everyone to research an animal, their favourite animal, um, the way it's gait, the way it breathes, all those sorts of things. And then I took them all to the park <laughs> and we played out our animals. And it was really fun. Um, but a lot was gauged from that. And what I wanted that they, was that they would just pick out certain textures and qualities of these animals. And then I wanted to sort of splice the, you know, the research found from the animals and the research found from the characters and put them together to create these sort of otherworldly creatures that move in a very particular way. And so that's kind of where it all started. And for this next move project, I kind of wanted to take that world that we've created and just kind of use that as the platform, like the starting blocks. So um, in a way, I kind of see it like, you know, with Star Wars, how you have like all these different, you know, one and two and epilogue and prologue, like all these different versions. This next move work never is in a way... It's derived from the same world, but it's a different story altogether. It's following one person's journey because it's now a solo. It was a duet, but now I'm making a solo on Jimmy. And what's the difference in terms of that duet to solo? Does that change the dynamic a lot in the space? I don't actually think it does because in the last development, um, Jimmy and I, I mean, we worked a lot on bringing out these 
internal states and embodying these different images and stories and memories. And it took a really long time to establish a movement vocabulary between us. Um, so we worked a lot one-on-one, giving feedback and coaching and working as directors with levels, you know, bringing out certain levels of the states and bringing them back down. So it's sort of... It was a very sort of one-on-one process Um, and we did some duet work together but we never really, I don't know if we actually ever really connected or found a way of like travelling and moving together in that world and I guess that was part of my decision as well is that I I found it quite hard being on the inside and then having to step out and craft it. Some people can do it really well. I mean, Joe Lloyd is a master (laughs) at something like that but... um, I just felt like it was a really big feat and I had to be real <laughs> about the decision and, and I had to really long think about it and I would much rather for this opportunity, as big as it is, to be on the outside and just give that one job my everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm good at doing one thing at a time. Yeah, <laughs> just focus on my energy. On. Well, I guess in some respects being in that room yeah. and having that dynamic and relationship that's already established. It's established, yeah. You are still in somewhat yeah. of a duet. Yeah. It's you just know. in a different different way. Yeah. yeah. What animal would it be picked if you're in the park? Mm. Well, I did pick one because I, I did the task as well. It was a giraffe. Why a giraffe? Um really like giraffes they're a bit long and lanky and I kind of I like I don't know I think that they're really interesting animal trying to think of a really cool thing that I can tell you about a giraffe but I can't think about it right now I I was acting out the giraffe in the park and had this moment where I was inside a bush at the time and I was just kind of being the giraffe embodying the giraffe and I started eating these leaves (laughs) that were on this tree thinking, yeah, this is what a giraffe would do. And I didn't realise, but the leaves were kind of like this poison and they brushed up against my skin and I got all these um, bumps and it was really itchy and my tongue got a little bit swollen and, (laughs) yeah, so that was interesting. Yeah. To go to the chemist and buy something. (laughs) I guess giraffes know what leaves they can and can't Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. I think for such a long time I've... I've just been absorbing. I've been absorbing a lot of information and also offering and collaborating, but that conversation is now changing and I'm sort of aware of, like I'm someone who also internally um, processes a lot and it's hard for me sometimes to share my process because it is so internal and it is so ingrained and, it is so embodied, so it's, yeah, it's a real shift. In and that. it can become so automatic as well yeah. because it's, it's just what you do. It's just yeah. how you get up and it's how you work in a room and it exactly. just becomes such a part of your practice. So have you written in your program notes? Yes. Yeah. Was that hard? Yeah. It's hard trying to keep it connected to your vision but knowing that that vision will most certainly shift and change as the work progresses. I think also because I am such an instinctual person as well, I I really trust in the process and allowing things to evolve and come up. And so the work in in a way sort of makes itself along the way. And I have a lot, I'm completely planned, like I go in with 
um, this yeah idea of what I want to get done and what I'm looking for, but I also want the process to yeah things to come up along the way and be surprised by that. So yeah, it can be hard. I think in some dance contexts when you are asked to like write about your work or talk about it before it's made, I think it's a real art. Mm. <laughs> some people do it really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then also some people really do know what they want to make and they come in with a very clear idea of how they'll go about it. I find that fascinating. Mm. Yeah. And it's like writing the grant application yeah. for a work that hasn't been made yet and you haven't even been in the room. Mm-hmm. You've articulated this yeah. idea so clearly mm-hmm. but you still don't really know what you're doing. You know, <laughs> you so to talk about the process and what will happen in the process and even then you're just like, I, I don't know. <laughs> but it's really good practice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hopefully more opportunities. Yeah. Thank you so much. Good luck with it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find a list of episode notes on the website delvingintodance.com, including links to the Next Move season. You'll also find a rich archive of episodes, including the voices of Stephanie Lake, a previous Next Move choreographer, and current and previous artistic directors of Chunky Move, Anouk Van Dyke and Gideon Obazanik and a range of other amazing dance artists and thinkers. As always, you can find Delving Into Dance on Twitter, Facebook and iTunes. Delving Into Dance relies on the contributions of listeners and you can contribute now. Every contribution ensures that we can continue to profile amazing dance artists and makers. Delving Into Dance also acknowledges the support of the Victorian Government through Creative Victoria. Until next time, take care.